what's cooking up in the kitchen? Am I smelling that soul food? Oh yes, it is soul food. The spiritual food for your spiritual nourishment. And you know what? This food will never expire. Never expire? I need this food every day. You are listening to these spiritual-based podcasts. There are many podcasts, but this one here is to satisfy your soul, to feed your spiritual hunger. Are you hungry for God? Don't let your soul be hungry. No matter where you are, whatever you are doing now, at work, home, or on the go, you can still listen here and right now the uh, Soul Food Podcast. Don't let ever your soul to go hungry. It's time for some Soul Food. Listen, the Lord Jesus was very gentle and very patient with some people that came to him. I'll give you some example. There was a woman, she was caught in adultery. Jesus said, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. He was very patient. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, a thief. He was stealing people. And Jesus entered his house. Entered his house. And many other sinners that came to him. Hey, Jesus was patient with them. But with this group of people here, we are going to read. He had no patience. He had no tolerance. He said there on verse 1, 23, 1. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works. For they say and do not do. Do you get it? Look here, please. Jesus was against these three groups of people. Scribes. Who are the scribes? The ones that were writing the Bible. Like when you go to court, whatever you say, somebody's typing. So the scribes were the ones that were writing the Bible. As you write, you get to know what you are writing, right? Let me say that you work with the Bible. You work with the Bible daily. As you are working, you get to know the story. But they were not practicing what was written. The Pharisees, the hypocrites, they were saying something, 
but they were doing some another thing something else they were fake they were fake back then there was this word was not the fake now we would write here that they were fake so jesus was patient with the woman caught in adultery Zacchaeus that was stealing but with this kind of people that knows the truth but they are fake like backstage they do something else because if you do not know the truth it's understandable that you do your things right I did not know the truth I did my things you did not know the truth you did your things but now who knows the truth show me your hands who knows the truth hands up everybody in this room knows the truth they scribes they were telling people to do something but they were doing something else the Lord Jesus said don't follow them if you read with me there on verse 13 Jesus said, but all to you, scribes and the Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do allow those who are entering to go in. Why? Because they were giving bad examples, bad testimonies. That's why Jesus said, this kind of people go to hell. My friends, we cannot play with our salvation. We have to fear the Lord. Because the days are evil. You cannot be here like a hypocrite. You know the word. Nobody knows. But always remember, God knows and also Satan knows. Nobody knows where you stand but your soul is at risk it is your soul is at risk at risk thank you for listening here on soul food podcast stay tuned to listen to a real life story make sure you don't miss it and share with your friends and family
of your bad testimony the first ones are the ones in the house because they don't come to church but they look at you they have their four eyes on you not you four eyes on you and when you do your things besides you don't go to the kingdom of heaven you stop them from going from going there on verse 25 he says again, Oh, to you, are you following me? 25, verse 25. He said, Oh, to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self indulgence. It's the life of many people outside. They look, when they are among us, they look like us. But when they are among them, they look exactly like them. It's very dangerous. Very dangerous. Because Satan, like a lion, he is back and forth, rolling 24 7 watching you, waiting for his only moment, his own moment. To use his last bullet and then take your soul to hell. It's very dangerous. Don't play with the things of God. Don't play with your salvation. Don't play. Because Jesus said, these people, scribe, Pharisees, these uh, hypocrites, outside, they look like a dish that is clean. Imagine if you go to the shelf and you take a dish like a bowl outside it looks like clean when you need to to pour something when you take it it is dirty inside this is the life of many outside they look like a clean life but inside full of uncleanness this is hypocrisy this is hypocrisy inside of the church Jesus I love you outside cursing people inside of the church beautiful words praise the Lord I'm never impressed with somebody that comes with this kind of talk vocabulary praise the Lord Jesus Jesus hallelujah hallelujah man of God servant of God I'm never impressed never impressed why why not and you have co-workers like this people that come to you even talking about Jesus they name themselves servant of God even pastors pastors from college they have degrees but when you look at them 
you'll see demons. These are what Jesus said. Oh, to you, outside you are washed, but inside you are dirty. Let us read verse 27. He says again, White washed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Uncleanness. When you pass by the cemetery, you see it's like a garden. It's like a garden. Landscape. You see the tombs all white. If you open there, inside is full of uncleanness. Tomorrow, Pastor Max, we will be talking about the law of life. But let me, let me talk about this issue. It says here, beautiful outwardly. This is how people take their love life. Because they see a handsome man, a handsome boy, a beautiful woman, and they just dive. As they say, I fall in lost. It's not love. They fall in lost because they lose their soul. Because they lose their lives. Because they, it's like they are taking their soul and they give it to the hand of the devil. The hand of Satan. Because they go and they are deceived by the eyes. By the eyes. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's beautiful outside. But when she's beautiful late, she takes off all her accessories. All her makeup. She has no Splendor, no splendor. She's ugly. When this gentleman that you see well built, handsome, when he take off his accessories, he's just like a crying baby, a monster inside. And spiritually speaking, the same. Jesus said, "You scribes, be careful with the scribes." Be careful with the hypocrites because hypocrisy is worse than sin. It's when you are fake, when you pretend, when you hide, when you, you present yourself to be someone, but you are somebody else. soul don't stop listening soul food has more to feed you you are listening to soul food with bishop joshua we'll be right back if you have been enjoying this podcast share it with a friend or family member
So Aaron, how did the people around you react to your life completely changing? You had all of these people that followed you into the drug game yeah. and now you left. What did that look like? <sighs> um, it was hard for um, my homeboy Tester when I said he got signed with Future. It was hard for him because we did so much stuff together, like a lot of wrong stuff, you know, and it, it looked like I felt like he really loved me. Like, so it was hard because I was also like the muscle in the street too. So like a lot of people moved around because they was with me. It was hard for him. It was hard um, for, for a lot of people. It was hard for even my mom, I, I would say at times, because it was certain conversations that she would want to have that I would like, you know, tell her like, nah, like, you know, try to correct it. And not in a disrespectful way, but try to line her up with my thinking now and stuff like that. So it was really, really hard for people to like understand like what it was like because they never actually experienced somebody who was actually walking with Christ like that, so close up personal. A lot of my homeboys was like, man, they really believed it because they was like, bro, whatever's going on, because they could see the difference in my face. They could see the conviction in my life. They could see everything. And they was like, well, whatever's going on with you, man, I'm happy for you, but man, you know, that's your life. And my homie Tess actually confessed Christ as Lord, but his life just not bearing it, but I'm still believing for him. But it was, it was challenging. It was challenging for a lot of people because, you know, a lot of people haven't never seen nothing like that before. Somebody who really had a, not just a prayer, but a really encounter somebody who had really had an encounter with the Lord himself, it was tough because it was like just sharing so much light on the life that they was living. Now, Aaron, I know that the Lord began to redeem things in your life, including your relationships. Can you tell us a little bit about how the Lord began to redeem and restore your marriage? Mm. My wife actually had front row seat to actually see Christ in her life, so she could not run. Her plan was... Before I had before I had an encounter with the Lord was that next year to leave me. She had already said that in her heart. She would tell her mother and everybody would be like, "Don't follow him. Don't do nothing like that." And she was like, "Well, I'm actually enjoying this person that he is. The other stuff, it, it is kind of intense and it is real for him. And I see change. And then what happened was I consistently was just like it never stopped. She would see me. He was trying to get a house one time. She would see me pray." about the situation and she would see God instantly answer. She would say, babe, pray for my passport. Pray that I find my passport. I would say, Holy Spirit, where's the passport? And I would be like, we gotta go downstairs and get the passport. It's downstairs somewhere and we'll find a passport. So I was like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, so God was just showing up like that. And um, so she was actually like, told her mom one day, she had told her mom, like, to be honest, Ma, I live with Aaron and I've never seen a walking image of Christ in my life. I live with this man. And she's like, like, you know, she's she was struggling with still trying to like live her old, like live her life because my life was just, you know, shining so strong. And um, one day, you know, I was like, man, I need all my brothers and sisters to come over my house who I who I was fellowshipping with. And we she came home one day and we just cooked a big meal for her and just loving on her. and I allowed her to meet, you know, people who I was fellowshipping with. And she was like, man, they so nice and loving. I ain't never seen nothing like this. So she seen it was more than just me like this. And then she was like, I was like, you know, you come fellowship, go to come to church with us. She's like, nah, nah. But she knew it was real. She said, but I do know what's happening with your life is real. And then one day she just broke down. I was like, baby, I, 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 this is what I want to do. I want, I want to follow Christ. I want, I want what you got. And I was like, yo. And she actually repented and she gave her life to Christ. She actually, you know, and she, I'm, I'm telling you, fire torch and um you know and um her uh uterus was actually turned the opposite way and um once she gave her life to christ we started actually pursuing having a baby again 
we kept getting words that we're going to have a baby, we're going to have a baby. And I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, it just ain't happening. So she was like, let's go to the, to the doctor again. I was like, nah, I ain't going to no doctor. I saying God do all this. Look at me. He changed me. He can make a baby. And she was like, let's go to the doctor. So I yielded to her, and I was like, you know, I was trying to have understanding, dwell with her with understanding. And I was trying to kick it with her like, like that, and, and it didn't happen. And it, it didn't happen when we, we went through the whole process. It didn't happen. We actually had to drive from Baltimore to Rockville like three times a week for her to get shots in her stomach to try to have this baby and all this other stuff. And I'm like, and it didn't happen. And when she told me, she was like, baby, I don't feel pregnant. And I was like, I got on my knees and I just lifted my hands. I said, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And she looked at me like, what's wrong with you? Why are you? I said, like, have your way. And then instantly, like I would say, maybe like two months later, and I just like laying my hands on her, just like believing in faith. God, you're going to do this. This is who you are. A couple weeks later after that like moment, like a couple weeks, I guess when, they, when women know they're going to be pregnant, she was like, babe, came home. And she was like, um, I had came home from church. She was already home. And she had this like letter right in front of the computer, like roses are red, flowers are blue. I'm having a baby and a father is you. And the same way I dropped on my knees when God didn't do it that way, I dropped on my knees the same way when he did it his way. And um, she was just crying, I was crying. He actually three years old, his name Lord Bryson, and God did it his way. He redeemed that. Amen. And Aaron, who is Jesus to you? Ah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Colossians 3, 4, Christ is my life. He is my life. Um, he's my master. He's not just my savior, but he is my Lord. So whatever he says I do, he's my heartbeat. The reason why I'm here, the reason why I live, my joy, my peace, the, my, and my ambition, the reason why I get up and go and, and serious about doing what he called me to do. Um, he's truly my redeemer, like in every area of my life, when it comes down to my life, my wife, the things I get to do for him, whatever it's business or whatever it is, I get to do it all for him. So he's everything, everything. Aaron, do you have any last words for anyone watching? I got words for two different type of people. So the first people would be the Christian, the Christian. I know we pray this prayer and we believe that when we pray this prayer, that that's just it. Like I got my ticket or I got my, I'm not going to go to hell. Like, I'm going to go be with God. But I would say, honestly, a lot of times we depend on, like, you know, the Sunday or the pastor to preach this gospel and, or preach whatever message they preaching. And we feel like because we feel good that he is good. But when you really think about what Jesus said, like, why you call me Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I say? He said he looking for followers. Followers. And... Ask yourself that question, are you really a follower? Because he even talked about people going, in that last day, people going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I cast devils out of your name? Didn't I work these miracles in your name? And he's going to say, get away from me. I never knew you. I never was intimate with you. You ain't put me first in your decisions. You ain't aligned your, your purposes with my will. You just did these things so that people can see that you can do them. I wasn't Lord. I was just, you get out of hell, card. Why would you want to be with me when you never was with me? Why would you want to enter into my rest and my kingdom when you wasn't really fo focused on the king? Why you want my benefits, but you don't want me? So I would say, you know, repentance is the most beautiful word that you can ever see. 
Repentance is a beautiful word. Don't look at it like John the Baptist. Even when he was saying, repent, that was love. That was love. I don't care how ugly he looked, how much dreadlocks, whatever you look like. <laughs> that was love. So, yeah, I would say that to the believer. Make sure you really, you know, make sure you're really a disciple. Make sure you really operate in a sonship. And to the, uh, to the unbeliever, this is the things that we both know. The cars ain't fulfilling you. The houses ain't fulfilling you. The clothes ain't fulfilling you. Your life ain't being fulfilled. You almost feel like a fish out of water. You feel like a bird that can't fly. You know something is missing. I knew something was missing my whole life. I knew it. I knew it. I knew I was created for more. You know you created for more. But the thing, but the thing is, if a man don't have Jesus, a woman don't have Jesus, we self-destruct and we smash everything about everything about our life and we we live outside of our purpose and we just consistently keep going for more. And then when we're about to die, we asking people for prayer. We asking people for all these different things. We want to start connecting to God. And you feel like you know something missing. So I would just say to any unbeliever, like, recognize like the biggest problem with mankind is sin. Us waking up every day for our own purpose. So because the biggest problem with mankind is sin, Jesus came to deal with that so that we can be back, right and right back in relationship with God the Father. He ain't just died so we can go to heaven. He died so we can be back in covenant and back in relationship with God the Father. You don't have that relationship with God. Don't deceive yourself by thinking that we can acknowledge him at times. God made, he made a way and he made a way through Christ Jesus. And that opportunity is right here for you today. Like you can have the Lord and the Lord can have you and you can be fulfilled in everything. I honestly can tell you right now, when I had my encounter with the Lord, I didn't have everything. I didn't have it all together. I felt like I had a trillion dollar check that I couldn't cash. I didn't understand what was going on with me. I felt like I, everything, all this peace, all this joy, everything that you're missing. So I would say, I'm not going to say give Jesus a try. I'm going to say give him your life and follow him because you don't know what you're missing. Thank you for listening in. That's all the soul food we have to share today. Stay tuned to the next episode on soul food and keep your notifications on. Share each episode with your friends and family to feed their souls. Give the food that lasts forever. Mm -hmm.